Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. I stepped out of line. I went out of the norm. We went out to the public and one by one, we took the hard way out, branding ourselves, spreading the message and bringing awareness to the average consumer. And it, it's been really hard with the social media, with the Instagram and the YouTube and the TikTok. Each and every one of those platforms uh, has not been the easiest task. The typical way to work with these big retailers, right? They have a recycling department. You go out there and you move truckloads to the less developed countries. During the pandemic, I made it my mission to bring awareness and spread the message to the regular public and do it one person at a time, and we're collecting one sole of shoes at a time to help these micro-business merchants. So I feel uh, stepping out of line was to go out there and put yourself out there and you know take all the questions. My biggest hero is my father. I was born in Lebanon. He started this in 1967 in Europe, in Belgium. In the 80s, he opened in Detroit as well, doing the same thing before I was born in the my family had been in this space for such a long time and learning about this more and more. But I got touched when I went to Africa and I went to West Africa. When I started visiting Central and South America, the need to what we have to offer. It, it wasn't a regular job. It was a job that it was impacting people's life on a daily basis on how to get back and forth from work and school. Decisions that we've taken to ship product to a particular country made a positive change on those individuals, even though we were selling them to micro-business merchants for a fraction of the cost. During the pandemic, people found their passion to cook. People found their passion to ride bicycles. People started running, as you have seen. I wanted to learn more about what we did. And I took it on the internet and started reading more on statistics. And, and, And you just see that the sneaker market Start. It was a $19 billion industry in 1989. It's like an $80 or $90 billion today, that sneaker culture. And those sneakers are not a fashion statement. It's a necessity everywhere else. If we can just focus on sneaker alone and a message on sneakers, it would be amazing. When did I start branding and, and going out there and put myself in the spotlight and saying, telling people what we do from LinkedIn to the other social media outlets? It was during the pandemic. And I said, you know, let me let me try this and see what happens. We're a social enterprise uh, that focuses on creating micro-business opportunities in less developed countries. We work with nonprofits. Uh, we support nonprofits, but ourselves, we're a social enterprise. 300 to 400 million pairs of footwear end up in the landfill every year here in the States. Uh, the only competition sneaker impact has are landfills all over the country. On the other hand, 1.5 billion individuals worldwide are infected with soil-borne diseases because they don't have access to footwear. What we're trying to do is divert 
footwear from landfills to developing countries. Even if they need some luck, the sneaker industry had become an $80 billion industry here, and people changed their sneaker because the color was last year, or this player came up with this new sneaker. Everywhere else in the world, and I've lived in Africa. I had moved to Africa for three years, you know, Cotonou, Lumi, Burkina Faso, Senegal, Ghana. I've traveled Central and South America. Sneakers and footwear in less developed countries are a vehicle. They are a form of transportation. It's not the latest model or it's not the coolest color. They're viewed as a vehicle and there's a huge need for these shoes that are ending up in landfills. So I made it my mission to bring awareness and spread the message and, and tell people, look, shoes should never end up in the trash. And so we collect them from all over the country, all 50 states, and we're actually talking to folks in Europe as well. We collect them in the headquarters here in South Florida, put them in these big bundles, ship them in container loads with micro-business merchants. Have you tried to partner with marathons across America yet, or even just from the state of Florida? Went to the Miami Marathon with the help of our friend Frankie Ruiz. And you know how runners have the goodie bag? In each and every goodie bag, they had a biodegradable bag. And we're like, look, whenever you're ready to retire your sneakers, they should never end up in the landfill. If you're working with a homeless shelter, if you're working with a woman in distress, my own wife gives our shoes to women in distress. So, so look, we support charity. My kids give their shoes to kids in distress and, you know, needy children all over the world. So... In no way, Sneaker Impact are saying, look, if you're working with a charity, you're working with a homeless shelter, go for it. If you're handing the sewage yourself. And, but with the Miami Marathon, we put those biodegradable bags in each and every runner. And we said, runners, whenever you're ready to retire your sneakers, there's a biodegradable bag in your goodie bag. All you have to do, you know, seal the lid and ship it to us free of charge to you with a prepaid shipping label. So we did that when I'm at Marathon. We're talking to Michael Nitsche at the Chicago Marathon. We did the Half Marathon with Lifetime in Chicago. We're talking to Disney Marathon. We're talking to Houston. I was born in this industry, but it was easier to go to the recyclers and say, look, what you have to work, and we'll just buy it by the pound, and it gets shipped to Africa, Central America, South America, part of Asia. But the numbers were staggering. 87% still threw their stuff in the trash. And not because people wanted to, because it was easy, right? They tossed it in the trash. And we're, we're coming with an easy, effective, fun way. But our main focus is big retailers. We're talking right now with a major retailer, with hundreds of retail shops all over the country. But we need the public to push the retailers to say, look, man, that's a good idea. I started, this is a passion. I mean, I truly love what I've done. I've been, it's been consuming 98% of my time and, and just trying to figure this out, right? Trying to figure out the puzzle. How could you convince somebody not to trash a pair of sneakers? I thought this is going to be just as easy as one, two, three. You, you go out there, and you start reaching out and then you're going to get bombarded with these truckloads and truckloads. It's not the case. To change that mindset has not been easy at all. I don't feel what we do, it's a hand-up approach. So when you ship those shoes, people tell me, well, they need to be washed. Well, 
it's a it's a great running shoe, but it's it it has a hole up front. Big deal. It could be stitched. Right? Creating jobs from waste is like amazing. But again, we don't ship anything that doesn't have more than a percentage of the life. It has to have more than fifty percent of the of the life there. The least that we want to do is send you know trash from from here to somewhere else. So we're careful on on the thread, how much thread the shoe. They go through some a grading process to see how much thread that those sneakers have. The top doesn't really matter because it could be washed, it could be sewn, it could be fixed, patched, you know, etc. But the thread they have to meet some some criteria. You lived in Africa for a few years. Did you go to any country where you'd seen the impact yourself? I went to college in Michigan, Fair State, and. My internship, I wanted to be on the floor, boots on the ground in Africa. So I lived in Ivory Coast first. Then I was going around all over West Africa. And you just see the need. And you just, you know, you're happy that you're, you're doing this. And you see how much you're helping people and you're touching people's life. Every time a shipment comes in, a container comes in, you have like a hundred of people waiting. When is the second shipment coming? Can I get a bag? Which is, a bag will contain 30 pairs and that needs to be refurbished, washed, and then they'll go to, you know, siblings, moms and dads, they come and they fix them up, wash them, and they'll they'll put them at the street shops. So you see the fact of creating jobs, then you see people wearing these shoes and they're bragging about them. Look, I'm wearing these shoes now. But again, they don't brag on them because they're like the first edition of a particular brand or a particular prayer. It's comfort, right? Comfort and quality. So you've seen that firsthand. And I've seen that in Africa, Central America, South America, you name it. I and mean, this is what we do. We travel all over the world and we we'll learn from them on a daily basis. We have a variety of footwear from casuals to heels that we have to get from these big retailers and from these nonprofits we work with like the Goodwills and the Salvation Armies, their leftovers, uh, the stuff that doesn't sell. Sustainability comes in different forms. Okay, I'm an expert in this field. So on solar panels, I'm trying to understand like, about the watts and the, you know, and the different batteries you could use, uh, water consumptions. I'm trying to avoid you know, plastic bottles as much as I can, right? I'm not perfect. But I'm trying to be a champ at my work and I'm doing what I can, you know, bringing awareness and spreading the message on, on our landfills. Because there's no planet B. I have three kids myself. So am I an expert with the, you know, you know renewable energy? No, I'd like to, and I'm learning all the time. Uh, do I try to avoid, you know, plastic bottles as much as they want? But I'm trying my best to do what I can, what I have under my control. I feel I'm doing my part. Not fully, but to the best of my knowledge. You're creating change. That's what you're doing. You're creating a whole mindset of change. No, it's been fun. I was anti-social media. I don't have no Facebook, no social media. And now I go home, check my Instagram, and my wife goes to me, who are you now? <laughs> I check my Instagram all the time and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's been challenging but fun. 